You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Anthrax, Among the Living. On the line, I have Rob. No, you got the walking dude. <laughs> I have Ben. Hi there. I have John. Think before you speak or suffer for your words. <laughs> and Kyle. Rob, I was going to do the walking dude. But sorry about <laughs> it. Among, Among the Living is the third studio album by American thrash metal band Anthrax. It was released on the 22nd of March, 1987 by Megaforce Records in the U.S. and Island Records in the rest of the world. The producer was Anthrax and Eddie Kramer, and the genre is thrash metal. I'm going to read from the book, Joel McIver. Like the other members of the big four thrash metal, Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer, all of whom had... 1980s albums in this book, New Yorker's Anthrax hit with their artistic, critical, and commercial peak early with their third full-length album, Among the Living, a perfect blend of the speed that thrash fans hungered for in which only Slayer retained by the early 90s, crafted tunes of breathtaking unpredictability and a unique sound. Among the Living hit big because it acknowledged the advent of rap rock movement without pandering to it. Dressed in Vision streetwear and throwing intentionally goofy proto-Beastie Boy rap poses, the band caused a few snickers among their ardent stud and leather fanbase until the songs were unleashed, silencing all criticism. The title track is a mid-tempo display of power and the mighty album opener, but the warp speed caught in a mosh with its no-brain, unforgettable chorus line of Which one of these words don't you understand? Talking to you is like clapping with one hand. <laughs> and the equally mesmer- uh, mesmeric NFL uh, still stand tall above the entire thrash canon today. The album belongs to rhythm guitarist Scott Ian, whose squeaky tight tone made thracks instantly recognizable, and drummer Charlie Bennett, a fearsome, powerful player whose speed and precision only matched among his contemporaries as uh, Slayer's Dave Lombardo. There's no forgetting the sheer joy of Thrash's peak era, and this album is among its best. All right, what do we think of Anthrax, Among the Living? I am exactly five drinks in now, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I had a lot of trouble with this. Rob, I'm with you. This reminded me of, uh, this record sounded kind of dorky to me. It's it is incredibly dorky. dorky. Yeah, it's it's dorky. Absolutely, all all the things about it I on concur. paper make me feel like I should love it. Like I love mm-hmm. early Black Flag, but in presentation, it I don't know why it doesn't grab me the way it should. Fuck, the drummer is playing insane blast beats, like B 
BPM through the fucking roof. Uh, Scott Ian's guitar is shredding insanely. Joey Belladonna's singing Maiden-esque, like, high notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're singing songs about fucking cartoons and uh, Stephen King, you know, uh, novels. So it should be great. Uh, I I think you're right. I think you need five drinks. I think it's the vocals. I I feel like every time... Every time um, there's no vocals and they're just kind of like throwing down and shredding, yep. and I'm like, "Ooh, okay." But then the vocals come in, and all right. During the sump pumps, we did a we did like a tour like in 2009, and this dude was like, "You guys really remind me of Anthrax." I was like, "Oh, cool." And he's like, "You really remind me of Anthrax like a lot." <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I just assumed, you know, that what, it was sir, like are you thrash metal. I was like, "Cool, we're, we're a little thrashy." Now I'm worried it's just some dude who can't sing very well who's just shouting about shit that he likes. <laughs> you, you don't think it was that like weird little pharaoh beard you had for a while? <laughs> I wish. I'm the walking oh, man, dude. Right? I wish, right? Man, we, Kyle, we, you should have done the, like, the raccoon tail beard. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen the enemy and they are us. <laughs> He's got a song about Judge Dredd. I yeah. know, man. I know. Guess what? <laughs> His Puerto Rico flag. Oh my god. Look at this. 1994. Okay, that's that that is a sick t-shirt. Did you get that at the concert, Birch? You did get that tattooed on your body. I was in sixth grade when I got this shirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I had had a mail order for it. Bigger question, Birch, do you have a ponytail? <laughs> bigger, bigger question. How are you fitting into a thing you bought in the sixth grade? It was I bought it large. That was the style at the time. Oh. Jenko jeans, <laughs> big birch is like a villain in the Cobra Kai t-shirt. <laughs> shirts. Yeah. Look at that shit. I was my That's brother a was sweet t-shirt. My brother awesome. was buying a Grateful Dead shirt, and I was like, what is that? And why does it have Judge Dread on it? And is it a metal t-shirt? I want it. Oh my god. <laughs> If well I knew played, it was going to be sir. this kind of party, I'd be go put on my uh, KSAD tour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shirt. Oh, it still exists. Yep. Lots of cigarette burns in that one. Um, <laughs> but no, Kyle, I'm, I'm with you. And I think we're all on the same page. Lyrically, it's juvenile. And that wouldn't matter if it was delivered. You, uh, uh, John said Maiden-esque, and it is not. It it's is, close. There, there, like there, he's there are, doing the best he can. There are there are there are there are high notes that are happening, but it is not delivered with the same intensity that a Dickinson would have been doing. So no, you're, yeah, you're stuck with some uh, some good octave range, singing some really dorky shit, not yep. well. Yeah, yeah, so, it's it's kind of like punk meets metal, but um, like the hearts there and the passions kind of there, but. It I don't know. It's like I know I know the anthrax sound a little better later than this. I know they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that anthrax was right place, right time. They were coming off of the hardcore scene. And at the same time, like you were saying, it's it's punk. It, it's a punk version of these different things. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. And you have a lot of these different players coming into it. Scott Ian with the he's, you know, purely like thrashed solos uh they're scott ian taking solos or is he purely rhythm on this I, I i honestly don't know uh he's taking solos and then their drummer doing those blast beats sort of almost like a hardcore style um and then you know 
Joey uh, doing the the sort of operatic style voc- vocals that he's doing. So it it's all a mash that comes together. But I think you guys are right. This looking back on this album, it I wouldn't have put this one in the book. I would have put a different one. But this one really, I guess, solidified them. You know, as as one of the big four. And I just the for me, a lot of it has to do with the recording of it. I mean, it it, it sure. sounds so much worse than that Rain and Blood album, which we it's pretty just sounding. covered. And then Eddie it is Kramer, goofy. The producer was trying to do, he was trying to do like a Def Leppard pyromania thing with them. Right. And, and they didn't like it. So he stripped it back, made it drier. And this is the result. And I yeah. say release the Kramer cut. Yeah. I yeah. want to know what that sounds like. I do want to know what that sounds like. You think it's going to be Mutt? I, I, I would love to hear Mutt Lang oh, treatment man. of this. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. They wanted, do you think that they this, wanted that. Do you think that this album gets the boost because of the Cliff Burton Association? I think it does. Yeah. Um, I, I think it does. I think they were, like I said, I think it was the right time and they were one of the major bands. They're very good. They're very talented. It's just that maybe the songwriting isn't, up to the other the other performers at, at this time and it depends yeah, there's on, some really really good like instrumental thrash throwdowns yeah. on this when you when you come into it too it has if you were into like just talking about you know judge dread and reading stephen king and stuff it, it like Which really appeals to people that you know are teenagers at this time that's it's why very it's so of, infuriating. Of its time. The fact that I like this is me and I don't like it. And I don't know if that's me looking in a mirror like really closely. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> fucking dork. Yeah, maybe, maybe you need to maybe you need to go talk to a therapist. No, figure this out. It's just a step down. It's slightly less. And we're we're comparing it to the other, you know, juggernauts of thrash so as we should because this is one of the big four yes so this is my introduction to anthrax without public enemy and i i I know scott ian because uh, i i knew scott ian as a a vh1 talking head for for all of the (laughs) 90s and 2000s and really all i knew about anthrax because you know I, i i i'm i'm a latecomer to metal all i knew about anthrax was they were one of the big four they played that song with Public Enemy and Scott Ian. I didn't know what Scott Ian did in the band. I assumed he held a guitar. I thought maybe he sang. I thought maybe he played lead guitar. When I found out that he's the rhythm guitarist for Anthrax, I was, I'm wondering why he is the most famous person from Anthrax. It'd be like Malcolm Young being the most famous person from ACDC. He basically wrote seen his all the songs. I have seen his, I have seen his goatee and that's cred enough. Oh, uh, Scott Ian's a songwriter? Yes. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Ben, yes. I'm with you. Um, All right. I also remember Anthrax being interviewed by VH1 shortly after 9-11 mm-hmm. when people were mailing Anthrax. Oh. And Scott Ian was like, well, we were like, should we change the name or will that, will that be letting the terrorists win? <laughs> so we're, like, we're not going to change our names. So that's... That's anthrax to me. I I remember for decades of watching VH1 thinking that Scott Ian always seemed like a really cool dude who knew his rock history. It's just like whenever it would cut to him. And he kind of talked like this. 
Yeah, no, no, it, yeah, it, it'd be like Vanilla I, Vanilla Ice talking out of his ass about something he doesn't know, and then it would cut to Scott Ian saying something like really insightful about like like Garage Psych or something. And I was like, the oh, most man. insightful yeah, thing Scott that Scott Ian. Ian has ever said was he was talking about how Metallica and Anthrax were so broke they were eating loser sandwiches, which was just putting a slice of turkey or a slice of bologna on your hand because you couldn't <laughs> afford bread. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> do you Knuckle remember sandwich. do you remember sitting by the Jordan River in Bloomington eating Frenchies together because we were so broke we couldn't afford sandwiches? Oh, 50 cents. 50 cent Frenchie. It's a hamburger Just bun with some Coney sauce behind the Coney sauce and, and, and mustard. Some money. presents a different element of the the thrash um it's like it has those gang vocals it has those breakdowns that are like more oriented towards what you'd see in um like run dmc was doing right or public enemy it it has those elements so it's just like it's if you're into that style or not into that style i will say it is goofy like coming back to it being an anthrax fan their uh persistence of time is a much stronger album in terms of just being like straight ahead, not doing the sort of like having a song for the Indians and judge dread and the stand and things like that. It's more of a straight ahead, you know, straight ahead thrash album. And I, but you I said persistence, not in the book, right? No, it's not. No, this no. is the only anthrax. We got. Yeah. Only. Yeah. And I, I really like that one. And then they changed up a uh, Belladonna, left the band or was kicked out. And then they um, came out in 1993 with a really Sound great album called Sound of White Noise. Yeah, which made them, uh, it featured John Bush and it 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 like really elevated them. It, it made me see them in a different light because they combined this sort of like thrash and Metallica symphonic metal with the incoming sort of like Nirvana-esque alternative rock. And it somehow it worked for them. Like there was a lot of bands that tried to, you know, bridge the gap, but I feel like they they did a good job with that. So either of those I would have thought were were pretty good. But I understand why this one this they play, you know, caught in a mosh Indians uh, and <laughs> Indians like, the song <laughs> written by a band that heard Run to the Hills and were like, yeah, get on yeah, let's do that. <laughs> My mom's part Indian. Yeah. Spirit of the Cherokee. Thank <laughs> you very much. Wasn't about Indian and the Go- Ghost Horse of the Cherokee. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. For good or for ill, I feel like <clears throat> if you had to say of the big four, which band lays the groundwork for fucking skate thrash yeah. it's anthrax it's totally if you anthrax. if you want if you want tony hawk's you know pro skater albums you have to have anthrax yeah no i i, I yeah. agree i think this is goldfinger uh, <laughs> oh speaking uh, of skate thrash so these dudes were in short pants what's up with that 
They're grown men. They're grown men. I don't understand. It's hot on stage. Rollins have been doing that for for years. This is not new. Yeah, they. I love that they were have had their own, you know, look that they were wearing skate outfits, Vision Streetwear, and you know, posing. Uh, and then they're just like, well, it doesn't matter. We're going to shred anyway. It kind of, I, I feel like they broke that barrier of being like, you have to look like Judas Priest for every concert. This, this, uh, there, there is a direct line from this to Faith No More. Mm-hmm. Direct Absolutely. Line this Another famous, uh, short System pants. Of band. A band. <laughs> oh yeah. Plenty of short pants and Faith No More. <laughs> pants no more. <laughs> for our British listeners, pants mean trousers ah uh, uh, yeah yeah they mm. probably were wearing what americans call underwear i'm wearing a nappy right now <laughs> that's just smart moves or blamey <laughs> uh nfl's in our cans right now yeah this so that's, fucking is great this is, is great this song. about football or is it about chris farley and i mean and, and very you know uh ahead of its time <laughs> Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. So I read all that. I, I read that it was about Chris, uh, uh, John Belushi. And then I read the lyrics and it, it seems like it could be about anyone that lets substances control their lives. I don't see anything that makes it. Yep. Did they say uh, like, oh, no, no, no. It's about the blues brothers, man. I think, I think there's a it's line maybe at the front. I think there's a line near the front about like, Oh, you know, you're trying to hide your pain in a joke or something like that, but it's like very, it's a throwaway. Well, that, that's that's honestly that's most comedians, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why this is a thing that happens time and time again. And it's fucking thrashy. It's so good. Yeah, it's good, Rob. It's really good. Oh, fucking disgusting. Anytime, was that, was anytime that the opening to skeletons in the closet? The vocals. Oh yeah, yeah. Skeleton, Now we're in a skeleton in the closet, and it's just yeah. fucking thrash shred. Yeah. God, the the, the, the the minute the vocals kick in, it just kicks me out, man. Yes, I'm right there with yeah, you, Rob. Yeah, vocals take me out, Rob. Okay, so so you think uh, Belladonna is is just not He's not the quite weakest for link. you? Okay, yeah, not 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 for me, man. Let's Scotty even sing. How about could it be? <laughs> <laughs> cool. I would love. Uh, maybe we can throw a sound of white noise on a possible Ooh. albums we can we can listen to. Why but not? I I, I say I absolutely. Think- listening again this time uh, i think that rob i agree i think i think that i'm always in until until the vocals i think the vocals take me out and also the vocals bring the goofiness which is what takes me out okay but yeah but i i i I just harken back on a thing i just said like i can absolutely see the faith no more like it was like oh yeah anthrax that's a that's a good band (laughs) yeah absolutely there's plenty of bands that are a direct line, you know, back to sort of like biohazard, even like suicidal tendencies. I mean, you said it perfectly, John, skate thrash, or what we would consider is sort of like that skateboard thrash, a little bit of a, a almost like a little rap, a little hardcore, little metal, like just melded together. Well, because Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer, none of them embrace the gang vocals that you would have in uh, like DC punk, you know? And so if you're going to have that, that feel, which, you know, definitely became a huge part of like post-punk hardcore snap case, Pennywise, mm-hmm. like, you know, bro him type shit. 
you know, it, it's, it's, it's got its roots here a bit. I get the suicidal tendencies. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I guess uh, they really like Stephen King. They really enjoy Judge Dredd. Um, they like Cliff Burton. They thought the music industry was dumb, and uh, when you uh, when your roadie gets uh, his back broken in a mosh pit, it's uh, sometimes you get caught in a mosh. That's right, in the mosh. Also, they don't like posers. Whims and posers should be made to leave the hall. Listen, I, I posers. Wasn't it? Wasn't Listen it just up, like? Posers. Wasn't it just last week that we covered the the? Wasn't it bad brains that? Yes, coined the correct. term "mosh" because he was saying "mash" with a with his accent. I was uh, very drunk by that point. I don't remember that particular line of. Uh, I read. I read that bad brains coined the term "mosh." That's 1986, or maybe they did it before "I Against I." But I, I was just impressed that by 1987, it's already that word that word that was coined by their peers is showing up in in titles. So he mispronounced "mash." No, no, he he said "mash," but just with I, I forget where "hi" or "hr" is from. Is it a mosh pit? Yeah, like sounds like a mash pit. Yeah, yeah, he he would be saying "mash, mash," but the crowd was hearing "mosh, mosh," and that's where "mosh." Came from. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Up. Yeah. His Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By mid eighties, I mean, yeah, but they're they're the first ones, I guess, probably to use it in a in a song, or maybe the most popular song, Caught in a Mosh. Yeah. Awesome. You ever been caught in a mosh? It's scary, guys. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> it's scary. It yeah. can be. I mean, but does caught in a head in a mosh just mean like, oh yeah, I got kicked in the head by a uh, Doc Martin or a steel toe boot? Like, yeah, that was like when somebody from their crew got like sucked into a mosh. No, yeah, like, against so, like sometimes the pit opens up and you find yourself in the middle because you weren't paying attention. Not anymore. <laughs> You're like, help me. Like, no, no, not anymore. Because now I am <laughs> at, way at, in the back with my arms crossed. As you an old man, I am standing all the way back. <laughs> no, no, no zoom circle pits. <laughs> and before that, I would just go outside and smoke cigarettes. So I was never caught in a mosh. I was... <laughs> always outsider in the back yeah i did see anthrax uh they were playing with uh slayer when i saw slayer it was a fucking slayer yeah anthrax was great was ministry there is this the the primus no No, it was a lamb of god and anthrax nail bomb so so when when you thought when you saw anthrax perch it because scott ian has always been part of anthrax yes right absolutely so they had scott ian everybody this oh, lineup. even Belladonna was back. Okay, Belladonna's wow. back. Yeah, yeah. He actually uh, came back. I want to say it was like uh, 2011 uh, for uh, worship music. 2010, I think. Yeah, for worship. Wait, were music. they like a like they were like a church band? Uh, you know what it is. Trust me. You know it's thrash metal with the symphonic choruses. Well, now I, I didn't do. know that until you told me. Yeah, yeah I. I, but I know now. Had, had you told me that Scott Ian was involved in a project called Worship Music, I would think that he was hanging out with my youth pastor from grade school. <laughs> and they were playing Awesome God on acoustic guitars. <laughs> Goldfinger at Ichthus. <laughs> <laughs> on the, on yeah, the- <laughs> they were definitely, they were into it. I mean, they're really good. I mean, they played a couple of these songs, I Am The Law, Caught in a Mosh, obviously, um, which, you know, it, it was good. Very energetic very tight so yeah 
it, it, it definitely put a different spin on the list re-listening to this album because I was like, yeah, this album just doesn't doesn't do it like it doesn't the sort of disparate quality of it doesn't really carry through to I feel like the quality that the band could present. It's on the vocals, too. I don't know. I don't hate his vocals. I just you're I, I right. So. It, it does have a certain uh, sing songy quality to it, I guess. Yeah, it's very sing-songy. That doesn't quite mash with what's going on with the instruments. But he's going for it. He's going for it. This did go gold. I was so surprised. It was the second gold wow. record among the living certified gold, uh, July 31st of 1990. So it took a minute, but still there. Faster than Elvis got his gold. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's true. What's on the cover of this album? Is that Randall flag? No, it is. not oh. per se. Not necessarily. Nor is it the guy from Poltergeist 2. I find that. Nice. John. I don't know about that. I feel that like, one seems closer to the heart, right, Virg? Yeah, it really feels like the artist took inspiration from Poltergeist too. Whoa! If he didn't, that is a very strange coincidence. The concept for it was that there could be evil lurking around anywhere, and that there was just you know one person kind of acknowledging that they were evil. They were you know. I just did an image search kit to refresh my memory of Poltergeist 2. And the very first picture that comes up, it's just an actual picture of the guy that's painted on the front of, <laughs> of the Anthrax cover. <laughs> like, seriously, it's like same facial expression, same wardrobe, same pose. It's like, oh, so that's what the guy was looking at when he painted. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The same artist that did the uh, artwork for Master of Puppets, right? Very cool. Good concept. I always like the, the cover. It's a cool cover. Who's everyone else supposed to be? Are they, are, 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 are they the, the sheeple? They're, I think they're just, it's the it's one of those things where it's like a, an example of the banality of evil. Like, yeah. all of these people could potentially be the guy from Poltergeist 2, but then there's the guy <laughs> from Poltergeist 2. It's like a very <laughs> shitty Where's Waldo. It's like, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Like, yeah, front, it's like, front, front and center. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's not hiding at all. He's right fucking there. But I guess the idea is if he had his head down, he would look like the rest or something. Right. Except he's wearing that creepy hat. Well, he'd have to take the hat off. <laughs> he's in the process outside. of taking his hat off. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can see that I'm not blending in. Oh. <laughs> this was a bad idea. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm still wearing this hat. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like, too, the... Uh, for Anthrax, too, they've always kind of been presented as the sort of hardworking, not not to say the other, you know, uh, thrash, you know, big four aren't hardworking. I mean, they're insanely hardworking, but they seem like average kind of Joes, if, if that makes sense. From the, the sort of way they present themselves and how they how they like carry on. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain I, 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 it, but. 
It, it's like Anthrax is the most approachable yes. of this other than the, the, these guys seems like they, they wouldn't yell at you for saying hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Unpretentious. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's obviously from their lyrics and their sort of attitude of, of playing. I'm, I mean, they, they play a, uh, on what is, a, what is the, is, is a Joe Perry cover on a persistence of time. I'm sorry, Joe Jackson cover Joe Jackson. on per- <laughs> Persistence Joe, of Joe Time. Joe Jackson, yeah, uh, not and, Joe Perry. And I would say that that song it rips. I mean, got the got the time is fantastic, and I love yeah. that song in general. I've never heard the Anthra- Anthrax cover. Yeah, they do it right. It is, yeah, crazy good. Um, so yeah, it's it, there's something to be said about that where it's like you you kind of have an everyman kind of band that. Seems like they're just trying to do it. Uh, and I, I got that too from J.D. Uh, Constant of uh, Rolling Stone. He wrote, Bennett and his ba- bandmates may have been regular guys in other respects, but as musicians, there was no denying the technical agility that went into each oral onslaught. Yeah. I love too that they were in such a position that they uh, Kiss requested that they open as a support band for their Crazy Nights World Tour 1988. So, yeah. I bet that was wild. I'd go see Anthrax and Kiss Live. Absolutely. So would I. I would go to that state fair or that county fair <laughs> or whatever. I read somebody's yeah. memoir from that tour. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they also were on the bill of the Monsters of Rock Festival in uh, England, uh, 1987, alongside uh, Bon Jovi, Dio, Metallica, Wasp, Cinderella. So they played in front of 80,000 that day. So I really feel like a lot of it had to do with, I mean, they're a great band. They, and they just were right place, right time. That, and that's why they're considered, you know, thrash sort of like bigger than life. I agree. Yeah. How do we feel about it? Man, Anthrax, I'm for them. This album, I'm kind of still in the middle. I, yeah. I enjoy listening to it more. The more I drink, the more I like it, Yep. you know, but I think I, I think I'm still kind of in the middle on this record, though. Not knowing more of the Anthrax catalog, uh, I'm going to give this a positive, um, just for the purpose of saying, like, you know, fucking listen to Scott Ian and Bennett just destroy anything they're put on. Um, you know, yeah, uh, Joey Belladonna is the weakest link, but overall, I'm still going to say this is a positive. And if you want to hear, I mean, you got to hear all of the four in the Big Four. So I'm going to give it a positive. Yeah, this one is rough because um, someone had directly compared our band to Anthrax, <laughs> and I thought it was because the lead singer just kind of artlessly shouts about the things that he likes. But yeah, this is good riff rock. Like, there's some good throwdowns. This is a good good record to listen to. Um, thumbs up. I was talking to DJ earlier today um, over over the internet, and so I asked him, like, you know, as a an anthrax apologist, like, what what are your uh, what are your thoughts on uh, among the living? He's like, ah, I'm not too that f- familiar with that one. And I I wrote back to him. I said, lyrically, I find it difficult, but somehow very similar to how Kyle does stuff sometimes in a way. God so I feel it. personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dark night of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. <laughs> I gotta uh I, I gotta go neutral on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh 
No, like I fuck like when it's threat, like if you could take the lyrics out of this, I would fucking love this record. I know, Rob. I'm, I'm right there just, with you. It is just the delivery of, of the anytime lyrics. this dude stops singing, I'm like, and like you, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I. I. do not like his delivery. So neutral on him. Cool. Yeah, I'll just go positive. I do feel like. I feel like, persistence of time really should have been here, but I understand why this one is here, because it's it has their hits essentially. It has the the songs that they're well known for, and, but yeah, I I like Anthrax. They're a good band, and I don't find the uh, the vocals so uh, grating. I feel like the record the recording is more problematic for me. Like I don't I don't necessarily like the the how it's recorded, how it's produced. Doesn't help. Yeah, it does that, not that help. Doesn't help at all. One bit. Which is why I, I want the Kramer cut. I want to know what the vision was. I do too. I'm like yeah. maybe this is fucking rad at that point. I really want to know, yeah, what he was thinking when he was uh, recording that. I also feel like he didn't he said himself he didn't know how to record, you know, thrash or metal at that time. And they were just super thrilled to be working with Eddie Kramer because it's like legend. Yeah, the motherfucker did the Hendrix. Yeah. Hendrix. He, yeah. he did. Um, I think it was a uh, yeah. Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, Kinks, Kiss, you know, everybody. Yeah, so. And he had never dealt with like the super aggressive tone and detuned guitars trying to find a place for a bass drum to exist. Exactly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So get yeah. Rick Rubin over here. Absolutely. That's absolutely that's the real, real issue is, is we need, you know, and, and they did get there. I mean, they definitely with, with their later albums, I mean, uh, persistent at the time, I want to say Mark Dodson did it. So, and he was, he was known for, um, Judas Priest, suicidal tendencies and like, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, metal church, like all those other like heavy artists. So he knew he knew what he was doing. If you guys want to do a Patreon episode of more anthrax, I'm, I, I would like to explore a little bit more. I would explore more anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious what you guys would think of a uh, sound of white noise. We should do an episode. Um, it's completely different. Some butthead experience. <laughs> I've got a Run DMCs on there. I've got a contraption in, in Henry's nursery that plays the sound of white noise every evening when I put some to bed. Yeah, it's like uh like waves and rain and shit. Like a like Brian a, like, Eno like, record. like a like a like a washing machine mm-hmm. just going. Yeah, you can just put that out. Is that is is that how the anthrax album is too? Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. Yeah, put it on. Just listen to the first track. You'll yeah, yeah, I'll just put that on. Put it on your child's bedroom. Blast beats for babies. <laughs> blast beats for babies. Uh, that, that now that's what I call blast my right gut. <laughs> just blast, blast a bye baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go put the uh, little the little one down. <laughs> you gotta learn how to play blast beats at some point. Might as well start early. All right, next time we'll be talking about Dinosaur Junior. You're living all over me. Thanks, y'all. 